Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGG Cast. Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week, as always, is my co-host, Hector. Hello. And this week on the show, after the news, we are finally going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on HBO's Peacemaker, now that hopefully everybody has had the chance to see it. Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. We have finished our PT episode, and it is available now, and we do want a new topic to talk about. If you don't suggest anything, it's going to be The Expanse, guys. I'm just letting you know right now. It's yep. it's, it's, it's probably going to be The Expanse. But mm-hmm. we are taking suggestions, so please come do that. You know how long that would be if it was like book and show? We're doing them separate. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm not through books yet. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. good point. All right. Uh, with all that out of the way, it is time for The Prelude. Prelude. All right, this is the prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week, what we've been watching, what we've been playing, what has been occupying our free time. Hector, what have you been doing? I've been playing Elden Ring, guys. <laughs> Just Elden Ring. Yeah, Elden Ring. Um, what I, heard, are, I heard that's a game that like a, a couple of people like. I, I think, um, yeah, I've seen a few other people there. You know, they're yeah. ghost wandering around online. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd, Twitter seems to have some opinions about it. They do, it. very strong opinions about yeah, this game. Yeah, uh, people talk about it uh, quite a bit. But yeah, that, that's what I've been doing yeah. since the last time we talked, and that was also what I was <laughs> doing. Um, the only thing um, that I really want to mention, other than Elden Ring, is um, H.B. Bomber guy on YouTube made a video about Deus Ex Human Revolution. Yes, I love that game so much. It's a yeah, yeah, yeah. And um uh it's he, the dude makes amazing YouTube videos mm. about literally everything from political pundits to games of yore that he really loved to games you may have never played. Um, to climate change and the way people, you know, deny uh, the science and, you right. know, responding to that. Yeah. Uh, flat Earth. He responded to Flat Earth, which was yeah. amazing. And Vaccine Denial. It's a great channel, and you should really watch this video. It is a long review because... It's a three-hour video about yeah. human revolution. Yeah, and instead of being... Three and a half. Yeah. And, yeah, instead of being a review of the game, it's more about his relationship with the game, explaining mm-hmm. what he believes are the problems. But in the end, he's like, you know what? this was a good game like it's fine yeah you can you know it's not a disaster and it's not a masterpiece um but i think we can do better and i love that sentiment that's a great sentiment for a game that um yeah had all the potential in the world and um ended up making something good but not great uh kind of like cyberpunk yeah yeah true and and one day I will go and actually play Cyberpunk. Yep, one day. Uh, one thing I want to throw out before I go into what I've been doing this week is because I need to share useless fucking trivia with the world that I've learned. Um, I watched a video on Legacy of Kane's Soul Reaver today. And obviously I will watch anything about the Legacy of Kane series. It is one of my favorite series of all time. I thought that I knew everything there was to know about the Legacy of Kane series. I found this random video released probably like a year ago or something, you know, about Legacy of Kane, just me or Soul Reaver being like, I'm going to tell you about it. And here's like why it's good. And like why you should like maybe give it a shot. And at one point during the video, he goes, so here's something that's never really talked about in this game. This game has a secret morality system. And then I, I stopped immediately and was like, wait, what? Like I was, I, I was doing work <laughs> while I was listening to this video. And he was like, this game has a secret morality system. And I was like, wait, I have in my years of playing this game, never knew this. And mm-hmm. he goes, and it's a very simple one. If you ignore the first human enemies that are trying to kill you, then later in the game, the humans will worship you as you walk through the level and will no longer attack you. It doesn't do anything additional. It doesn't unlock a hidden area or anything. Just this is an AI quirk that exists. And he showed it in the video. And I was just like, my, like my jaw hit the floor. My brain exploded all at once. 
<laughs> I've just I've never seen that. Right, like this game that I that I thought <laughs> I knew part and parcel, every single step of the story beats and the the dialogue and all of it, and they're just like, yeah, this is just a weird AI behavior pattern that was programmed in that nobody talks about. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> well, now I got to go back and play it. Um, yeah. So what did I do this week? Not a whole lot. I wish mm-hmm. I could say, um, it's been a very busy week for me work-wise. I've had a lot of things going on, uh, trying to get things together for the show, make sure that we get content out. Um, that being said, there was a couple things that I did do this week. Uh, just before the show, uh, I played the new demo for Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy. Ah, uh, yeah. That is the remake of Final Fantasy 1 that's done in a Devil May Cry meets Dark Souls style. Is that a good... That, that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah if, if anyone plays uh, Neo, it's, it feels a lot like Neo to me. Yeah. Um, where the, uh, the the idea is that your weapon controls what your job is. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, equipping a, a big sword is a lot different from equipping a wand, and it will change what you can do and when you can do it. Right. And mm-hmm. you appropriate and you, you know, adjust your gear accordingly, depending on what you want to do. So it feels a lot, it feels like a really deep combat system, which we don't usually see ever it is in a Final Fantasy games. System, yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say this about it, and, I, and I'm knocking on wood for this. Um, if the rest of the game is as good as the demo that I've played so far, this might be a sleeper hit of the year. I hope so. I hope so. Like it, it was the controls were tight, and yes, when I died, it, which it did happen often. You watched it. Sure, I died yeah. often. Um, but the deaths felt much like an Elden Ring or in a Souls game mm-hmm. felt earned. Oh yeah, right. I like, did that. Yeah. I I didn't. Yeah, react I, I jumped in enough. front of the breathing fire. I stood right. where I wasn't supposed to. Right. You know, I didn't dodge the attack. And I like that the, because it's a Final Fantasy game. The rules of Final Fantasy's universe apply. So mm-hmm. like. I went into a fight with a bomb and I knew what elemental attacks I needed to use. Mm. We saw a cactar and I was like, hold on, I am saving before I do this. Yeah, I can't just, like, the cactar, like, we all know what cactar means. <laughs> right, like, get fucked. And yeah. So I was like, let me save before I fight this cactar. And much like a Souls game, when you de- when you save, like, the enemies respawn. Mm-hmm. So, like, I found myself uh, weirdly in an area that I probably shouldn't have gone to because I brute forced my way through it. Yep. And that's classic Souls right there. It really is. That when you try and do the same thing a second time and go, how did I do this the first time? Right. Like we went back through those mobs and I kept dying to them. And I got lucky or my skill was there the first time. Then I just kept getting the floor wiped with me. Yep. Uh, So yeah, I did that before the show. That was a lot of fun. The demo's out now. Um, Pick it up. By the way, the demo that is out now for the PS5, um, it is the beginning of the game. Any, uh, if you decide to pick up the game, your data will transfer over your save file transfers and you will not be losing any progress that you made. Yeah. It feels like they just lopped the first couple hours off the front of the game and was like, here you go. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a great selling tip. Yeah, support yeah. that. Download the demo, even right. if you're not going to get the I game. I miss the days of really good game demos. I oh, really man, do. me too. There's like so many amazing game demos out there. And it's basically the, the philosophy that they're doing for Final Fantasy uh, Stranger of Paradise is the exact same demo premise that literally Doom used back in the day. Yep. It's uh-huh. literally, here's the shareware. Here's the first yep. section of the game. Play it. If you like it, buy it. Yeah. If you want to get really good at it and then jump into the rest of the game, go for it. You can do that. You can can, level a whole bunch. You can grind all you want. It's all going to carry over. Yeah. And the game comes out like next week or the week after 22nd, I think. Yeah. It comes out really soon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, Like a week and a half at the most. The other thing that I did this week to very briefly touch on was uh, I watched the new episode of Letterkenny. Oh, I still need to do um, that. That's the International Women's Day it episode. It is the yeah. International Women's Day episode. Ooh. Now, if you've never watched Letterkenny, it is a Canadian show. Um, very Canadian sensibilities, Canadian humor. Mm-hmm. It has an amazing job of finding a way of being both like 
it's humor both being completely toilet disgusting humor and also extremely highbrow simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. And and it's kind of a, like a magic trick sometimes because mm. every once in a while you just get like, you know, the the the, the longest diatribe on farts you've ever heard. Mm. And then in the exact same episode, you'll get, you know, someone doing an alliteration with the entire alphabet about something they're talking about. That must have taken hours and days to write. Yeah. And yeah, the, the the show is kind of kind of awesome that way. And the International Women's Day episode, I'm not going to spoil it for you if you didn't watch it. Um, it, it plays on that exact same thing. It's like we're going to do something that's going to mm-hmm. start off like it's going to be a really offensive joke to women, and then yep. it just it's not. It turns itself around, and you're just like you feel like you've been tricked. Yeah, you're like I just got tricked by the show. Yeah, um, Letter Kenny as a whole is a fantastic show. Any of the episodes that are uh, specific to a holiday are always the best ones, in my opinion. Yes, they're always just about that holiday. And- uh, they, they're never like the big ones. Like they've done like Christmas and Thanksgiving, but they've like the St. Patrick's Day episode, amazing. Yep. Uh, Valentine's Day, very very good. I can't wait to see International Women's yep. Day. The Halloween episode is probably one of the best ones oh, that are out Halloween there. Was so good. The costumes, y'all. Yeah, like the, the entire show is hilarious. If you're looking for a very fascinating bit of comedy that might take a little bit to get into. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit rough for people to get to get into initially. Yeah. Letter Kenny is definitely your show. It's on Hulu. Like yeah. highly, highly recommend. Yeah. Give it the first two episodes. If you're on the fence, it, there, it wouldn't even take you an hour to watch both of them. And, uh, you might just be hooked. Yeah. All right. That's everything that we have for the prelude this week. We're gonna take a small break. And when we come back on the other side, we'll be going into our main news segment in the weekly raid. The weekly raid. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is the Weekly Raid, our news highlights for the week. Kicking things off this week, the Overwatch 2 beta was announced literally today. Yeah, like hours ago. (laughs) Hours ago, immediately making the Blizzard page go down several times as people rushed to sign up. Yeah, that's not even a joke. Uh, There was also a developer update video that was released uh, discussing how they were going to speed up development of the game. So what they're going to do is they're going to release their PvP and their story slash PVE modes separately. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna, the game will probably launch pure PvP, just like the original mm-hmm. Overwatch did, and then it will kind of grandfather in its story mode afterwards. Yeah. They want to make sure they get to the thing that everybody's really playing Overwatch for, which is the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants the story, but we really just want the new multiplayer, right? And that's the thing that, that they finally came around to realizing is that, look, everyone wanted to play single-player Overwatch. Like, that would be awesome. But no one wanted... Overwatch to stop so we could wait for single player Overwatch. Right. That was not the the right call. And it seems mm. like they finally said publicly, like, look, we're going to stop that shit. I'm going to give you new multiplayer stuff after like two years. And we promise to release even faster than we did for Overwatch 1. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the story stuff will come eventually. And that's fine. And the developer diary was was straight up a, a, an apology letter. It was. It was like saying, the reason you obviously have not been getting content in Overwatch 1 is because we've been working on Overwatch 2. Mm-hmm. We understand, like, it's been a long time since Overwatch has had new content. We know you're hungry for it. Here we go. Yep. Uh, So the first PvP beta will include a new hero sojourn, four new maps, their new mode push, and a ping system. Oh, interesting. Okay. So ping systems have been really big in games for a little while, thanks to things like... 
Apex. Apex right? had an incredible ping system, and you needed it for either, you know, like there's an enemy way off in the distance or something like that, because it can be... Ping systems are great for um, games where people need to communicate very clearly, mm-hmm. and oftentimes they don't have the vocabulary. Right. It can be difficult to say there's someone about 400 yards out on the cliff top to the north. Well, let's think but about... But if you ping them... It shows up on their screen. Right. So let's think about this in terms of the Overwatch League, right? Mm-hmm. The Overwatch League is a, a series of teams that have people from uh, all over the world competing. Mm-hmm. And they're competing together, right? The Houston yep. team has got, you know, people from America, people from Korea. Like, they do have translators and people and who work behind the scenes. But the fact of the matter is, by adding just a simple ping system into the game that yeah. literally you can target an enemy, click a button, and it says, hey, everybody, target that enemy, you instantly break down that level of communication needed mm-hmm. to do advanced tactics. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it can be so it can be so interesting and, and difficult, frankly, trying to co- coordinate a team to attack the same player when they're in, like, a certain position that you know they're vulnerable um, but if you tell everyone, hit the red ping yeah. when I ping, and you ping that person when they're out of position, mm-hmm. that person will die. And, if and all the advanced tactics are boiled down instantly. Right. And if you've ever watched uh, Overwatch League and they, they cut to what the comms sound like, mm-hmm. it sounds like a jarbled mess. It does. Oh, it's yeah. Just, it's people going like, zen, 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 monkey, 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 monkey. And like, the ping system essentially alleviates most of that. Yep. Right. So th- that's going to be a really cool addition. I'm really excited for it. Um, it's just a coincidence. I was wearing my Overwatch shirt today when the <laughs> announcement hit. I was just like, I've been blessed this day with some Overwatch news. Mm. Uh, Amazon is in talks to release a God of War live action series. Okay. The executive producers behind the Wheel of Time series have been tapped to helm the project. Hmm. Okay. So I watched the first episode of Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read any of the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to have someone who has read the books try and explain to me what was going on mm-hmm. through the first episode because it didn't really say much. That being said, the production values were off the fucking chain. Yeah. Um, all of the visuals were top notch. All of the special effects were great. The costuming, the makeup, uh, the actors and the acting were all very good. So I was impressed a lot with the quality of the show. Right. I can't really speak to the writing again because I've never read the books, but um, that the, it was really impressive to look at. And really, that's what you want from God of War because that story is dirt simple. It is. Much it unlike is. the Wheel of Time. I'm wondering, and I'm sure everybody else is, it's played a God of War game. If we're going to do God of War, are we just going to like go straight into the Ragnarok story or the, the modern God of War mm-hmm. story? Or are we going to backdate this and get OG Sparta going on? I would love them to do, because they would have time right. in a television show, the um, current 2018 version, um, uh, you know, just uh, the, you know, Kratos and his boy mm-hmm. out in the world. And then we get flashbacks. We get like pretty great flashbacks. That's hard. That's like, a hard sell for me, man. Because I watched like eight season of Arrow, and that was a lot of flashbacks. Well, sure, okay, but it got to the point where the flashbacks were the best part, though. Right. Yeah. So I, I think, um, like, I don't want it every episode. Like, I don't want it to be Naruto or anything. <laughs> okay. You know, I want it to be like maybe like uh, every every couple of episodes we get like let's hear the Ghost of Sparta story, you know, or let's hear the first game story or the second right. game story, mm-hmm. and it's only alluded to here and there and you get like a big payoff towards the end right. you could even do it season by season if you plan to do the show long enough but um, right. i mean i don't i don't know what the potential of this show is but i know that if they wanted to do it right they very very much could 
because they have uh, good actors, even just in the voice actors who did oh, absolutely. the who did the thing. Yeah. They have, um, yeah, they have everything they need to make a good show. Now it just depends on them to do it. Um, well, I mean, because the thing is, you look back at the original God of War games, and yeah. they weren't the most story centric no. games, right? No, story is um, mad at dad, and yet. We get into God, the new God of War, 2018 God of War. Yeah. And I mean, that is pure story, start oh, to yes. finish. I mean, a gorgeous, sad story. Mm-hmm. I mean, with a cliffhanger that you're just like, please, can I have the next one? Yeah. Right? And the next one's the final one. And we're like, please, just put it in my face. Yeah. Um, so give. I think that you can go back and you can tell what happened to Kratos previously, but use that kind of storytelling that you used with the 2018 God of War. And you can mm-hmm. really find some magic there, I think. Oh, absolutely. Right. It'd be great to experience characters in the present and then have them be introduced to you in the past, that type of stuff. Right. You know? I love, I, that, I mean, love that idea. It could be really funny if it was one of those things that just as Kratos is like walking through the forest with his son, he's just telling him about his past life. I know that's a whole mm. thing they stop him from doing in the game. Right. But I think that's how you get your flashbacks. Mm. And like there's a part of my brain that'll be just be really funny because I remember the mini games that were in the original one. Oh, it, yeah. Kratos, at some point, Kratos is just like talking to his son. And he's like, and then there was this time where I just like banged a bunch of chicks. Yeah. Yeah, so so I finished my third block puzzle of the day, <laughs> right. and I walk into this room, and there's just these two women looking at me in a bed. There's like a glass of wine and some um, uh, ambrosia, uh, you know, on yeah. either bedside table. Don't and I mind was like, if I do. I mean, don't threaten me with a good time. And uh, so, yeah. And his the, son's just like, Dad, please, no. It's like, sorry, son, neither of them were your mother. And you're probably glad they weren't. <laughs> yeah, probably glad those were your mom. Uh, let's see here. Oh, like many uh, conventions and trade shows, Gamescom out in Germany has been uh, online o- only for the last couple of years mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Yep. Uh, this year on August 28th, Gamescom will return to in-person events, but they're going to be making this show a quote-unquote hybrid event. Okay. So plenty of content will be able to be viewed live online. Um, actually, what they're doing because of this is they're uh, they're going to be limiting tickets to the in-person event. Okay. Um, they want to have wider aisles. Um, they want to have digital queue management to make sure that everybody stays distant and safe. Nice. Um, if you're going to be participating or watching online, there's going to be interactive quests that you can do as the event goes on. Uh, and you can actually unlock rewards from some of the exhibitors while you do these little online quests. Oh, that's cute. I like this it. is a fascinating way to handle these kind of trade shows. Remind me, Gamescom is in Germany? Yes. Okay. It is, it is okay. in Cologne, Germany. And... Um, yeah, they're, they're really wanting to make sure that they can have the kind of in-person experience, but they also want to sit down and say the online experience should be as important, if not more important, because obviously more people are watching the shit online these days. Mm-hmm. But we also kind of dial it back and say, if we are going to be doing this in person, how safe can we make this for mm-hmm. everybody, right? Exactly. We limit the number of tickets. We put up signs that we're sanitizing everything constantly. Um, it's very much... You, if you're at the trade show, you're at the trade show to be a professional at the trade show. Yeah. Not like the olden days of E3. It was just like every schlub with a podcast oh, yeah. like us would, you know, show up at E3 mm-hmm. because I've always wanted to go to E3, right? Yep. Um, so I, I think that that level of professionalism being brought back to it's very important. Um, and for the rest of us, we get to chill out and watch 
you know, games come online. Yeah, no, that, that sounds great, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, fingers crossed, uh, knock on wood, that everything goes smoothly. Yeah. Uh, you know, no new variants. Um, everything's good in Germany for the next couple months. And yeah, and I, I, I sounds, can't wait to see what it looks like. It act- honestly sounds like they're just prepared for in the event there is one. They could mm-hmm. be like, you know, we can pull the physical show and still do the digital show. Yeah. And which I love, is the smart move, right? Yeah. I love this idea as a proof of concept. It's like, can we do trade shows again? Well, let's see what like a really careful one looks like. Mm-hmm. One with uh, that you can do digitally and maybe make up a lot of the in-person stuff that you miss out on. Right. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, also, by the way, just uh, E3 has been announced that it will remain digital only for this year. And that's so, fine. And that's fine. LA can be accessible. So. Yeah, <laughs> of a lot of different things. <laughs> Square Enix opened up a new uh, music YouTube channel this week simply called Square Enix Music. Uh, on there, you can find playlists to game albums, okay. um, as well as special mixes that they put together, like the Mellow Minstrel Mix or Airship Cruise Beats. Love that. Um, oh. This is this is actually a really cool thing. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is that for a long time, um, game companies were very protective of their music. Um, and that's because as a young weeb, my ass would go to an anime store and pay $80 for a Final Fantasy album. Sure. Because that's what market value dictated. Mm-hmm. We have moved past that era in the world. Uh, yeah, I really hope everyone realizes that charging a dozen people $80 for your game soundtrack sucks. And letting someone listen to the music they love endlessly on like Spotify or a mm-hmm. streaming service will make you a lot more money yeah. because a lot of people game and they love music. They're not buying CDs yeah. and they're not, they're, we're not buying music <laughs> really anymore. When, when I was balls deep in my persona five fix, mm-hmm. like I was happy that like I could get up in the morning much to the, to, my roommates being upset with me and just put on persona music while I showered. Oh dude. Yeah. That, that cafe theme is good for everything. Right. Everything. Just like, I'm so invested in the world at this point. I'm just like, I just want to like listen to persona music all the time. Yep. Um, so it's, I'm, it's cool that Square Enix is kind of sitting down and doing this. I'm hoping that they not only do this for the obvious selections, like final fantasy and all those, I think I hope they dive into their, their back catalog a little bit and get some of those like, those uh, games that maybe just aren't as widely popular oh, um, yeah. that had really killer soundtracks. So. Mm-hmm. so many of them did. I think this is a cool standard that I think that uh, if it proves successful, we'll hopefully knock on wood and see a lot more video game companies kind of follow suit with it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because I, and I hate to be like the the person here, right? Like the, the capitalism has to take over the situation. But here's the thing. They make a 10-hour Final Fantasy mix and they can put in YouTube ads and that. You just made yourself a lot of revenue. Buddy. That's true. So, I mean, and justify the me. Yeah, not great. It's not a, not a great way of looking at it, but game companies, here you go. Use this as your inspiration. There you go. The North American Fighting Game Tournament Evo made a bunch of announcements this week. Evo 2022 will run from August 5th through the 7th, and it will include these tournaments. Street Fighter V Champion Edition making its fifth appearance. Cool. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive making its first appearance. Yes. Mortal Kombat 11 making its second appearance. Okay. Tekken 7 making its sixth appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, King of Fighters 15, it'll be its first appearance. Yeah, I think it's not even out yet. Or it, uh, I think it's, or it's or out it, now, yeah. Is, is it out now? Okay. Yeah. I, I know it came out pretty recently if yeah. it just came out. Uh, Melty Blood Type Lumina will be its first appearance. New Melty Blood looks awesome. <laughs> uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z uh, will be its third appearance. Yep. 
Fun game. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, first appearance. Another great one. And Skullgirls Second Encore, their first appearance. Ooh, I didn't know they made a new Skullgirls. Uh, and so, yeah, you'll note here that I didn't say Smash Brothers is here. Uh, mm-hmm. Nintendo basically pulled Smash Brothers from Evo. Yeah. So they're, they're doing their own thing for Smash, and a lot of people are pissed about it, actually. They it's should really, be. Yeah. It's a fighting game. It goes at the fighting game tournament tournament. Right. Uh, the big thing about it is Street Fighter, I think. I think there'll be a resurgence in people watching Street Fighter because now we're all kind of hyped for six. Sure. Yeah, um, I could where, see that. Whereas now, normally we'd be very tired of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, Guilty, I think that honestly, if I had to make predictions, I think Guilty Gear Strive is going to be hands down the game to watch. Oh, yeah. Without Smash there, like there's nothing to compete with Guilty Gear as far as like eyeballs. Yeah. Right? Popularity of Guilty Gear right now is still at an all time high. People mm. are still playing it. People are still finding new tech. There's new characters yeah. coming out. I was out. gonna say, didn't they release a new character like a few weeks ago yeah, or a yeah. month I ago mean, or it's, something? It's constantly being updated. Yeah. So like you never can get bored with that. Um also I, I don't play it and I've never actually watched a whole lot of Dragon Ball in my life, but I have watched some of the Dragon Ball uh, Fighter Z yes. fight and man that's up. Badass fighting game. The game is awesome. That's one of the one of the only one of these games that I actually own. I I actually played a good amount of Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and it was cool as hell. And I do not. I've never watched an episode of Dragon Ball Z. Wow, we were both in that same boat. Yeah. I actually own some Japanese like DBZ manga, friend gamey. Like when I was in sixth grade, I had no idea what anime was at that point. Okay, untranslated. I just thought it was the coolest thing. I was like, God, this art's so cool. Everybody's just like punching each other. Never got around to really watching the show. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I've just heard it's really long, and that just turns me yeah, off. Yeah, there's a couple of shows that some people are like, hey, man, this show is amazing top to bottom. It's absolutely worth it. And I'm like, oh, cool. How much of it is there? And they're like, it's about a thousand chapters. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. All my friends out there in their anime oh. world like, bro, you got to catch up on that Bleach and Naruto. And I'm like, I do not have the time. No one has the time for that shit. do that. No. It's 13 episodes, 26 max, or get the fuck out. That's yeah, where I'm at. Like, yeah, it comes straight to up. It. If you can give me a couple of seasons to get through and like, like several months, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, we're, we're I'm not investing. Uh, let's see here. Oh, the new Batman movie might have just come out. We haven't seen it yet. We are going to We will see it Saturday. We'll so we'll Saturday. talk to you about it next week. Uh, yeah, we'll very we'll spoiler free talk about it. Yeah, next week. yeah. For now, my only spoilers are Batman the movie. He smells and Robin laid an egg. Yeah, that's what yeah. I hear. Um, as of this week, we found out that it is already getting a spinoff. Not much is known about it at this time, other than the fact it will revolve around Colin Farrell's Penguin character. Ooh. Uh, also in Bat News, the previously announced GCPD show is now being changed into a story face, uh, based around Arkham Asylum. Ooh, um, that okay. show has not been given an official show order yet, though. That was more of, we had a cons- uh, concept for the GCPD show. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know if we're doing that now. We're going to kind of do a... It feels like Batman's going in a horror way, and I'm not mad at it. No, that's great. Uh, We could always use one less show about fucking cops. So, yeah, let's do the (laughs) asylum thing. But, 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 you know, to be fair, and and when we originally talked about the GCPD show, um, I know the the comic books it was taken from. Mm -hmm. By the way, these are like Eisner award-winning books. I'm sure they are. And and it really is like what it is to be a detective and see the corruption in Gotham Mm -hmm. City and try and fight against the system. It is a very powerful set of books. Um, So... You know, I'm not going like pro cop here. I'm just saying like GCPD kind of goes, tells the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, how are you, how does it feel to be a cop in a world that has fucking Batman in it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's it's, true. Right. That like would you, be a bit you're, of you're a You're just trying tornado. to do your fucking job and this dude's just like tying people up and you're like, dude, the, the legal process that you have yeah, to, you gotta, you gotta do the thing. And he was like, but the clown was poisoning the water supply. Should I let him? Right. <laughs> 
All right, so wrapping things up in our news section this week, we're going to talk about the PlayStation State of Play. Uh, mm-hmm. We can't cover everything, but we'll try and get to some of the big announcements. So let's just go ahead and jump into it. Yeah. Show kicked off on a weird note. A game called Exoprimal by Capcom. Yeah. Was yeah, shown. Yeah, yeah, um, Okay, so I have, I have two thoughts on this one. Yeah, let's hear them. Okay. Anthem... Earth Defense Force. Okay. Uh, now, everyone knows what Anthem is. A it's lot a of game. people say Overwatch Earth Defense Force. Maybe. I, I, there's not a lot of mechs in Overwatch. Yeah, I think it's um, just because they all do with a big shield. And, and that's fair. That, that's fair. Um, what I saw was a bunch of people getting into suits or piloting suits with their brains or something mm-hmm. and fighting massive hordes of, of enemies. So the first thing I thought was Anthem, the failed EA project that they put far too much money into mm-hmm. but forgot to make a good video game. Well, and, can, I, can I just perfect Before we go any deeper into this thing, I need to point out the fact that the game that we are about to talk about here is a game in which... Portals open up in the world, mm-hmm. and then dinosaurs literally rain out of them. Yeah, they, they it is the most out. ridiculous concept. It is a tidal wave of dinosaurs. Yes, um, yeah, and so this is why I talked about Earth Defense Force or mm-hmm. EDF. If anyone has never played EDF, please, please YouTube some footage of this game. This is a game where you. As a small soldier uh, or an engineer, or almost think like TF2 classes, mm-hmm. all the way up to a dude in a mech who's very slow but has a lot of weapons, yeah. fight giant, giant alien insects that just invade the world, mm-hmm. all, uh, almost like Serious Sam with the like huge open maps and the buildings that are destructible as the giant ants like mm-hmm. stomp around and stuff like that. Silly, silly, silly game, but I put a lot of hours into one or two of them, and they're okay. a lot of fun. So that's what I saw. I, I saw Anthem, and I saw EDF, and I because it's Capcom, and they might make a good game. I wasn't mad about it. It looks so. It looks like it looks fun. The reason everybody's mad about it, and I, I feel like this is rightfully so. Mm-hmm. We saw a Capcom logo at the beginning. Yeah, we saw a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. We saw a girl with short red hair. Uh, yeah. And everybody went, this is Dino Crisis, right? Oh. This is Dino Crisis, right? We're getting another Dino Crisis. And they're like, ha, fooled you. It is not Dino Crisis. It's yeah. the exact opposite of Dino Crisis. Okay, as soon as you've seen any footage of the game, you're probably really happy it's not Dino Crisis, though. <laughs> Dino Crisis was about a... It's about like being lost in Jurassic Park with a shotgun with very little ammo. Right. This was more like, well, someone opened the dinosaur puddle and here comes a dinosaur wave. Right. And I have a robot suit. And I have a robot suit that I use to punch dinosaurs. <laughs> right. I'm down, always down for punching dinosaurs. This game rules. Uh, they showed a game called the uh, Diofield Chronicle. It was weird because, like, <sighs> there's a lot of games coming out right now that look exactly like Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But nobody's making a new Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, well, I mean, Triangle Strategy. Right. Which is still the worst title in the world. It is still the worst title in the world. It's worse than Octopath Traveler, and that was hard to beat. Long-time listeners of the show know that when the betas for Triangle Strategy came out, I was just like, this has got to be a Final Fantasy Tactics game, right? Just gotta, they're, they're, there's no way they just called it Triangle no Strategy. Way. That's a code name. There's no way anybody just greenlit Triangle Strategy as a fucking name. And here we are. If it's Triangle Strategy, why are the grids based on squares? Right? <laughs> God damn they're it. all squares. What is wrong with you, Square Enix? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it looks very Final Fantasy Tactics adjacent. I was, 
I, I will probably, I, I play the shit out of games. Yeah, like you got to give it so a like, shot I at least. Guess. Yeah. Like I'm literally playing, you know, like I have on my Switch, it is mostly sadly turn-based RP, uh, tactical RPGs because mm-hmm. I love to play those while I'm sitting on my couch watching something. Yeah, because I mean, they're they're almost not um, fluid enough to like keep your attention. Yeah. But you can, you know, come back and forth to them easily. Right. And I usually feel comfortable enough in like the, the, the moves I'm making strategically that like if I, when I, if I die, like I'm confused. I'm like, wait a minute, I had like everything lined up perfectly. What yeah. the hell did you just do? Like, do you have a rewind button? Like, yeah. What's going on here? Um, they showed off a new game in the Valkyria, uh, Valkyrie Profile series called Valkyrie Elysium. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That looked good. Uh, some people got excited about it. Um, the original Valkyrie Profile was definitely a, a more RPG. This mm-hmm. looked a little more like Bayonetta almost. Yeah. I mean, which is not bad. Yeah. But, like, C- character action games are getting more and more popular. Final Fantasy yeah. is about to make one. They just made one that's coming right. out this, this week. Yeah. Um, a lot of games are going in that direction. Um, mm. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a almost like a reaction backlash from like a bunch of live service games with very little in Impact and feedback yeah, when, when you fight. So, I mean, yeah, I hope so. I could see it. More good single-player games. People want them. Elden yes. Ring has told us that. They really do. And let nobody tell you that it, it, Elden Ring is a multiplayer game. It's a straight-up single-player yeah, game. Yeah, it's it a has, single-player it game. It just has multiplayer components. Yeah. Um, the game gets much harder when you play it multiplayer. Hector. Tell me about this Returnal news. Uh, so, Returnal, um, in case anyone doesn't know, was one of the first PlayStation 5 exclusive games ever released. Meaning, not like PS4, PS5, like this is only on PS5, yeah. only possible on PS5, etc., etc. Um, this is a roguelike third-person shooter from the same people who made uh, Next Machina. They make bullet hell games. Mm. They usually top down, but this one is over the shoulder. And it is an incredible experience. Punishing is all fuck. Very, very, so very hard. horror elements to it? Lots of horror elements. Lots of, like, uh, yeah. Very lots, Lovecraftian. Very Lovecraftian, very otherworldly, yeah. almost nightmarish a lot of the time. Yeah. The news is yeah. that this game is getting an endless dungeon mode and campaign co-op. So now you can die over and over with your friends. So you already have it. Yes, I do. I fully intend on getting it. You should. And making you play it with me. You need to because, oh man, this game is too much fun. If anyone g- grabs this game and starts playing and goes, yo, what the fuck? This game's too hard. I mean, turn on auto run. That's literally the only tip I have for you. The rest of it is just getting better at the game. Yeah. That's the one tip I have for making the game easier. Turn on auto run. Everything else is up to you. Yeah. Chat's asking if it's kind of like Gears of War. Ah, Gears of War is more like a third person shooter. Gears of, okay, I can explain like, the difference right sure, now. Yeah, Gears of War has chest high walls. Gears of War wants you to advance, stop, take cover, and shoot. Mm. This game is not about that. In this game, you are always running. You're moving a mile a minute. If you're fighting three enemies, you're jumping in three different directions at the same time. You're going low. You're going high. You're dodging everything. They're shooting at you. You're trying to get in close to take out one while you shoot at the other. Um, that's the difference, yeah. basically. And when we say a lot bull- less strategic, when, a lot when more When we say bullet hell game, flying. we mean like think about those old arcade games like 1942 where you're just a plane flying through and you can die in one hit and there's like five million bullets flying at you. Yeah, That's and it's up to is. you to navigate between them while you continue to shoot. Right. That is a bullet hell and that is what this game is like. Right. Yeah, there's nowhere to take cover behind things as yeah. bullets come at you. There are even certain types of attacks that will go right through the ground mm-hmm. for canon reasons and just kill you in, in the area. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we saw a little bit more of Ghostwire Tokyo. So that was pretty cool. 
Um, yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo looks great. That, that's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful looking it's a, game. It's a gorgeous game. Yeah, yeah, it's that Capcom like Devil May Cry engine. I think yeah. it's just super nice, and that's yeah. uh, one of the few games that like it, it's not getting a lot of like positive like hype. But I'm actually really looking forward to checking yeah, it out. I think that'll be one that like when it comes out, maybe it's a sleeper hit. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it's like uh, we grab a copy and just like play it on the couch for yeah. a couple times for a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Forspoken. We already know a lot about Forspoken. Oh, yeah. This was kind of a gameplay trailer showing like this is what the game actually looks like combat wise yeah that was cool for spoken seems interesting yeah uh so we already talked about it earlier in the show but stranger of paradise final fantasy origin mm-hmm. um uh, again demos out now absolutely uh, having a blast with it if you yeah. have a ps5 or, or ps4 actually there's yes. a ps4 demo as well correct um, go on your ps4 ps5 get the demo play it um it's it's just fun yeah all right yeah uh oh god this one this, this game came up so much today because, again, today was the day that Overwatch 2 news was announced. Mm-hmm. But the everybody's opinion was because yesterday, as of time of recording, was the PlayStation State of Play. And they showed Gundam Evolution, which uh... is a free-to-play multiplayer 6v6 shooter, right? And it's going to yep. be PS4 and PS5. And they're like, yeah, customize your mech, do your thing, like, you know, 6v6 shooter. And then today... The Overwatch news came out and was like, wow, everybody was really excited for that Gundam game for like 24 hours, huh? Oh, man. Yeah, and I don't like... Okay, so here's the thing about Gundam games. I don't know what the Gundam property is doing in Japan right now as far as like popularity. Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone who knows what Gundam is under the age of 30. Right. So I'm, I'm... I really don't know. I yeah. really don't know, like, who this is for. Well, we had this conversation recently, not to, to kind of deviate from the news, but uh, you and I went out to go see Macross Plus yeah, in yeah. theaters. Oh, that was awesome. So Macross Plus is one of our favorite animes growing up. It's it, it's one of the few animes that can make me cry. Oh, yeah, Like, absolutely. it's just so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I'm a sucker for giant robots. Like, put me in a giant robot. That's all I care about. Yeah. Um, but... Macross Plus, we were standing outside with some friends who are a little bit more invested in anime now um, mm-hmm. than, than we are. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, if you want to get me back into anime, you got to give me some giant robot shows. And he was just like, they're not there anymore. Yeah. There's like the occasional Gundam show that comes out. But other than that, giant robot as a genre is kind of dead. Yeah. And that's sad. That, that is sad. That hurts my child heart right there. Yeah. Everything's very mm-hmm. been very medieval lately between like Attack on Titan and like Goblin Hunter and... Uh, um, my Life uh, in Slime. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, is it King's Grace? or Grace of Kings, a collection of kings. That's a new one that's getting a lot of praise. But yeah, everything's very medieval right now. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's sad. Go back to Giant Robots. Giant though. Robots, guys. Please, Giant Robots, all the things. One of the games I am excited about, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you right here, and I'll tell you why in a minute, that I'm thinking about buying a physical copy of it, Okay, is the TMNT Cowabunga Collection. Oh, yeah. So this is 13. 13- Teen games that are on this. I, I swear to God, like I, I, these games had to have been made by like a few different companies. It was, uh, didn't uh, they? It's all Konami. Konami. Is it all Konami? Konami made all of these. Wow. So we're talking about like the original Turtles uh, arcade game, Turtles mm-hmm. in Time arcade, the NES Ninja Turtles. Oh, I love that one. Um, Turtles through the Manhattan. Pro- I'm not going to list them all, but like yeah. there were a um, couple like GBA versions. And stuff like yeah, that they there? had. They're actually d- doubling up a little bit. So like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tournament fighters, uh-huh. they're releasing uh, the Super Nintendo and Genesis versions because they were nice. different, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to have those. Uh, they're going to have the Game Boy games on there. It's, it's the first two Game Boy games: Fall of the Foot Clan and Back the sewers um one of the reasons i was thinking about buying this physically mm-hmm. and normally i don't buy a lot of physical media these days right. is that these are all games that i would love to pick up and play and just whenever i can mm-hmm. and the thing about it is is that we never know the lifespan of a piece of digital media that is very true 
And if I could get this for my Switch, yeah, and just buy a physical copy of it that I know will always work, yep, then I would buy this. And by the way, it's only like a forty dollars price point. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a forty dollars price point. And I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking buy that. Um, I want to get that and maybe get a physical copy of it so that maybe someday if the Switch shop goes down, but I still want to play it, I can plug in the cartridge. I don't feel that way. I love about a lot of games. Like I don't need to buy Dark Souls three, right? You know, or whatever in physical copy. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It'll be digital. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But this one is just like it is such a collection of my childhood mm-hmm. that it would feel good almost buying a physical copy just to feel myself pop it into the Switch. And like, there's just that nostalgia. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like a, this nostalgia serotonin in a way. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how long it's been since you've popped a game into a physical NES, but it feels it really does. good. It does. It feels really, really good. Yeah. I own my, I have my NES, my SNES, my Genesis and my everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've got an NES Classic Edition. So I, you know, turn that on when I'm on a game most of the time. Yeah. And I'm honestly thinking about jailbreaking that thing. So I could just like, or modding it so I could just do whatever to it. Might as well. Yeah. yeah. It could, it could hold a lot more ROMs. I'll tell yeah, you what. It really can from what I understand. Uh, so yeah, that was, that's one of the more exciting news announcements. And that's not something that was just PlayStation exclusive, but I was just like, ah, yes, you know how to get me in my nostalgia. Konami, yep. who should be making another fucking Silent Hill game, but I guess I'll take this instead. Yeah, yeah, fucking Konami. <laughs> just sell all your game licenses. Sell them all. Just, oh, just... I misspoke. There was actually a three Game Boy games that were on there. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I didn't go scroll down to the next page there's of the notes. I'm there sorry. are just a lot of there are a lot of TMNT games. Yeah, like so many. Uh, let's see here. They were showing uh, this one weird game that was called Gigabash. Um, so I don't know how to describe this game to anybody that's not an old like me. There was a game back in the day that was called like War of Monsters. Oh, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just kind of like you're top down and you're like a giant monster and you're rampaging and you're kind of fighting the other giant monsters and you're just trying to blow up the city as you go. And it's, yeah. it's a weird game to describe. I would say watch the trailer. Yeah, almost think Rampage, but 3D. Yeah. Or um, if any of you is an old like me and remembers Blast Corpse for the Nintendo 64, yeah. um, it looked kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more to go. Uh, they showed the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R. Oh, yeah. Um, 50 is, plus characters. Which Holy was a shit. PS3 game, actually. Um, and they just did like an updated version of it. And they're just yep. like, uh, apparently they said, like, I guess there was only 32 characters originally. Yeah. And they're like, so we're going to remake the PS3 game and then just put a bunch of more characters in it. Yep. And and the art of Brez is really well because yeah. it's always been just anime art. So yeah. all they have to do is get the larger print forms of those scans and just mm. paint over them over the game, I yeah. guess. Like, you know, there's, something, there's, there's something to be said for stylization in games. If you mm-hmm. go back uh, to, oh, to, yeah. to my heart, when I started playing fighting games, the, mm-hmm. the big two at the time uh, were the original Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 2. And I'm yep. always a Street Fighter person. But if you go back and play those original games, like if you just put them side by side, Street Fighter 2 aged way better. Yep. Because, I mean, we aren't using crappy live action. And mm-hmm. just, there, was a, there was a lot more to it, all right? Um, and one of the more interesting and the, and the final thing we have to mention for the PlayStation Showcase uh, was this game Trek to Yomi. Yeah, Trek to Yomi. Yeah, and so uh, it's going to be coming out for both PC and PlayStation, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a side scroller, and it's very, I, I, it's a samurai game. Yeah, uh, think side scrolling fighters, move left, move right, attack things, almost like a beat em up, but it's not a beat em up. You're a samurai doing what looks like very intricate and timing sensitive um, combat. Yeah. Between like one or two foes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it looks like it's done in black and white with splashes of color here mm-hmm. and there. Um, 
a lot of it even looks like it's done in just in silhouette where all you yeah. see is like the outlines of your characters but it looks very very cool and it allows for the art to like flow with really interesting detail yeah. is what it looked like um yeah that that's a day one yeah are we me. just in a new era where everybody's making samurai games i'm not saying that it's a negative no I'm no no like- uh, uh, so yeah I, I guess it's okay like for some reason samurai are on the table right now yeah. and i'm good zombies with it. are out yeah, zombies are out. Uh, we Samurai's got Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, yeah. We're getting this. Yeah. Uh, there's a samurai class you can start as an Elden Ring. Yeah, and it's great. Samurais um, are back, y'all. Everyone loves a good samurai. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, some of the greatest movies of all time are samurai movies. Yes, so quite just, a few of them. To say that, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that so many games are now taking inspiration from those old samurai films is just like. It's beautiful. I love oh, it. Oh, it is. It's wonderful. Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima literally has a Kurosawa mode yeah. that changes the audio and the video to look like an old Kurosawa film, like an old print of a Seven Samurai that you found. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's I love so everything cool. about that. And that's everything that we have for the news this week. When we come back, we'll be getting into our main topic, which is Peacemaker in the Boss Room. Boss Room. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is The Boss Room, our main talking point for the show. Sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. This week, it is our spoiler-tastic episode all about Peacemaker. It was the surprising DC HBO Max hit. I think there's only one way we could possibly do this show any justice as we open up the discussion, and that is honestly with the opening of the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I kind of want to just like pull up the intro song and let it play for a minute. <laughs> um, yeah. If you know nothing about this show, go on YouTube right now and just watch the, the just look up Peacemaker intro. Opening credits. Opening that's, credits. That's, yeah. yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, it's one of those shows where like you get like a little like maybe a minute, minute and a half of material um, and then you get the opening credits and it usually lands on a really poignant moment. But those opening credits... To the show. I, we, we watched the first episode here, if I remember right, mm-hmm. and we threw it on, and those opening credits start, and afterwards, I think I literally just said, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And so for those of you who don't know about the opening credits of the show, it is a dance number. Yes. It is done to a hair metal, like an 80s style hair band, but mm-hmm. it actually is a song that came out in 2010. I think it's 2010 is when that album yeah. came out. Yeah. Um, it is a real band. Yes, it is a, a very real, real band. Yes. And and, and, and just, just to point that out, when we say it is a real band, for the first several weeks of the show, everyone I knew, including me, was convinced that these were all fake songs being written for the show because right. they are too fucking wild and silly mm-hmm. and nobody would write this shit. But it all we, exists. They're all real bands. It's all real. It's weird. People are doing this. There's the whole, like, the, you can look at the Peacemaker playlist on Spotify yep. and it is all there, including they uploaded eventually uh, John Cena playing... Uh, the Motley Crue song on the pl- on the piano. Oh, that's awesome! Yes, like yeah. holy crap! So the intro to the show was actually done. Uh, the choreographer uh, for the show is Alan Tudyk's wife, mm-hmm. and you should know him from everything from Firefly. He's doing Resident Alien right now. Yeah, does He's, a lot of voices for Disney. A lot of voices. He does all the things. He's very great. And so basically, they were you know in the midst of COVID and quarantine. James Gunn came to this particular choreographer and said. So I'm doing this show. It's a bit weird. Mm -hmm. It's a superhero show-ish adjacent, not really a superhero, but just go with me on this. And I'm just not even quoting. I'm just pretending that's how the conversation went. And uh, she was like, yeah, sure. Like, I'll do the the weird 
what are the parameters of the intro and don't make it look, uh, and this wasn't an interview. He said like, don't make it look too professional. Right. Make it look like th- maybe this is our third or fourth time doing it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then she got Alan Tudyk, her husband to basically start acting this whole thing out. It's like, she would come up with an idea and then he'd start acting it out. And she'd be like, that works. That doesn't. And this entire thing, they spent a very long time creating the intro to this show. Yeah. And, and they got show. nearly every character in the show to have yeah. a part in this and, dance and number. All of them do something stupid. They all do something really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And what I mean, every character from the show is in this opening sequence. I'm including the CG characters, of which there are more than one. Yes. <laughs> They're all it's in the It's a James intro. Gunn show. So at least there's an animal of some kind, whether it be Groot, Rocket. Gotta be an animal. You gotta, he always has to have a thing. And Maybe a giant is, weasel played by his brother. Right. Yeah. And then this one. It's an eagle. Nope. Eagly the eagle. Eagly the eagle. One of the best characters in the entire show. The entire show. Mm -hmm. I would die for him. I would die for Eagly. I will say this. So if you're unfamiliar with Peacemaker, um, there is a movie that comes before it. Mm -hmm. Um, The James Gunn Suicide Squad movie. If you have not seen it, uh, drop everything and go watch it. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. Watch it right now. I had given up on all things DC and I saw Suicide Squad and I'm like, well, if this is what we're getting, then strap the fuck in, motherfucker, because I'm here for it. Yeah, Uh, let's not forget the the, the short history of James Gunn's Suicide Squad all over the DC universe. Oh, you should talk about that. Yes, this this came to fruition because James Gunn was doing Guardians of the Galaxy stuff for Marvel Mm -hmm. and and someone tried to cancel him on Twitter for some stuff that he um, was tweeting while he was working for Troma. If you're not familiar with trauma they make the kind of movies that are trying to offend people and when he was a kid being super edgy working for trauma and tweeting about movies he tweeted some shit that was guaranteed to offend people as a joke Mm. someone sent this stuff to disney and disney fired him yep and they thought oh yeah let's just fire him right and what they didn't realize was that everyone knew everyone knew that he was the heart and soul of the guardians movies right and that the and that he turned Guardians of the Galaxy from something no one gave a flying fuck about. Nobody gave a shit about the Guardians of the Galaxy. No, and even fewer people had heard about it than the people who knew about it and didn't give a fuck about it. Yeah. So, like, yeah, no no one has any idea what this thing is to one of the most bankable franchises. That line at the very beginning of the very first Guardians of the Galaxy, where Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm Star Lord. He's like, Who? Who? That's literally the, the. the entire universe to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Nobody gave a fuck about those comics until James Gunn came along. Exactly. So we get to the point where, you know, they've decided to fire him and everyone's like, you should look closer. Someone's trying to make you do something stupid. Mm-hmm. Someone's trying to like warrior you into doing bad things. And in the meantime, while James Gunn was fired, after, you know, basically being one of the most bankable directors of superhero shit on earth, DC was like, yo, hey, um, what would you like to do? Here's here's a here's a blank check. Yeah. How would you like to work for us and with some DC properties? And he looked at them, and again, this is just this isn't even paraphrasing. They're like, he probably looked at them and said, I want to do Suicide Squad. And they were like, Oh, you want to do Suicide Squad too? And he said, No, fuck you. That movie was dog shit. Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad, the first one with Will Smith, which came out like two or three years earlier. Right. Um, was a terrible, terrible movie that was long in the shit train of DC movies that were bad. Right. Um, some of them are okay. Some of them were very bad. This was on the very bad train. Um, mm-hmm. So he basically said, I will keep like two things from that movie, but I'm making my own movie. And you yeah. get to tell me nothing about it. And DC was like, please, God, we already and, gave you the money. Do you need and, more? Make a movie. Here's the thing is that it's straight facts on this one. Mm-hmm. When offered 
to do something in the DC universe, mm-hmm. they came to him and said, you can do whatever you want. Yes. You can have any villain, anything. Yeah. Do you want Batman? Do you want the Joker? You do you want do Spy- you, uh, could, Superman? Yeah, you could do it. Yeah. And he went, I want the Suicide Squad and I want a giant starfish. Yeah. And they're like, really? He's like, yeah. Like, yeah. And, that's and, what I uh, want. Yeah. And uh, uh, bring back Margot Robbie. She was yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was fantastic. And so yeah. they made the movie and... As the movie wrapped, they'd said, hey, by the way, they're going to be doing a, a TV show based off of John Cena's character. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us were a little skeptical at the time. We were like, okay, well, it's funny that John Cena's in the movie, but like, is John, of the, John Cena the kind of actor that has the range that we want in a, in a classy superhero film? <laughs> Do you hear my pretentiousness in my voice? So the thing about John Cena is I had, when this was announced, only recently seen him in Fast 9, which mm. came out, I think, in 2021 in right. theaters, like early 2021, like maybe even like pre-vaccine 2021 mm-hmm. but anyway um fast nine came out and it was starring john cena instead of the rock because apparently the rock can't play nice with vin diesel mm-hmm. so we had john cena instead he was doing a different character it was all very fun and john cena was both super serious and often funny for no reason whatsoever because he just has that like stare right yeah so we get him he's, in, he's a man who does not take himself seriously yes absolutely and he i could, appreciate that about him i appreciate that about him very much because he got into suicide squad and jesus christ he was laugh out loud funny mm-hmm. all the he time he had no right to be as funny as he even was. when he was being sad he was funny and yeah. not like funny sad like 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 sad sad yeah this was still funny he knew his comedy he knew his timing he knew his beats it turned out he was a good actor yep and he's fully aware that he looks like a big cartoon person. Yep. He understands. But he's also just very funny. And maybe because he looks like a probably big cartoon yeah, person. Probably, yeah. But anyway, so they announced, and even once the movie was over, I don't think anyone at all was like, you know what we need? We need a, a spinoff show from this excellent movie. No one wanted that. But if they did, if they were begging for it, it would have been for Harley Quinn. No one would have begged for yeah. a Peacemaker show. No one would have even cared about a Peacemaker show. Yeah. Until we found Gunn. out... James Gunn gave a shit about Peacemaker. Yeah, when we found out, yo, there's gonna be, they're gonna do a spinoff of Peacemaker. We're like, ugh, gross. It's like, oh, but it's on HBO. It's like, oh, well, maybe they'll actually put some thought into it. Okay, cool. James Gunn is making it. Um, right. I guess I'm a Peacemaker fan now. Let's <laughs> right. let's see what the show is like. So anyway, so anyway, we're show- all the way up to seeing what the show is like. Right. And we jump into it, and this show has no right having as much heart as it does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every character in this show you are invested in. And mm-hmm. it's James Gunn. We should expect it, but here we are. Um, the villains, you hate them top to bottom. Um, everybody's questionable in some way. Everybody has ulterior motives to oh, yeah. something. Everything is complicated. And that comes with the right. Suicide Squad territory, right? Because Waller is only trying to accomplish a mission and everyone has an explosive in their head and blah, right. blah, 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 blah. So once we get all the way back to Peacemaker, it's not explosives in the head for everybody, um, but it, uh, you know, everyone still has ulterior motives. Everything is super hush, hush. And it's still like mega, mega superhero shit. Like, oh, well, the world might end. You know, right. Maybe and that's we the thing is about it. Is, is, is James Gunn does this so well. And maybe it's his trauma background. Maybe it's just, you know, his love for old, like, uh, like 50 schlock. Yeah. But like, like you get into the main premise of Peacemaker and it's like, so what's the big problem that they're saving the world from? Is it Bizarro? Is it Lex Luthor? It's bugs that live in people's head. Yeah. Yeah. They're running from uh, climate change. And, and it works weirdly. Yeah. Yeah, It works very well. There are these, um, yeah, they basically kind of look like, 
praying uh, mantises praying mantises with wings but like like functional like right, fly everywhere yeah. wings and uh yeah they 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 crawl inside human heads and they take control of the person yeah but now they need to eat honey instead of food but like only alien honey from their world right um so that's an issue that you deal with but yeah they show up take over a bunch of humans and like you know disperse into our infrastructure to try and make us not shitty yeah yeah. Because they see us about to end the world the way that they did. And they're yeah. like, we need to save them from themselves. Like, mm-hmm. that's why we're doing this. There's a whole morality to it. You're just like, the thing you thought was the bad guy for 90% of it. And you're just like, oh, you were not the bad guy. You were just, you were, you were helpful. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that you did, it's kind of shitty. Yeah. But I see where you're coming from. Yeah. And that's what makes the whole morality play in the show so interesting is that you get where they're going with it. And the whole time, and once you understand the stakes, you're like, well, shit, whose side am I on? Right. And the great thing is, is that it doesn't matter whose side you're on. We get to find out whose side Peacemaker is on and why. And that is actually one of the most interesting parts of the show is what he says when he makes a decision. He does. Yeah. I mean, I mean, one of the things we have really well written here is that the character of Peacemaker is very one note when you watch the Suicide Squad movie. Oh, yeah. He's like, I am a dude with a gun and I like peace. I murder for peace. Yeah. And it's it's funny and it's hammed up. And you kind of ask yourself, like, how do you make uh, an eight episode series about that? And so what we do is we introduce him to his abusive father, who's Mm -hmm. essentially a stand in for the KKK. He is basically. Yeah. He's he's a grand wizard. Like he's actual like Like, like super racist, like abusive, like treats his son like shit mm-hmm. like it's he's called like the white demon or something the white right? dragon like, yeah like yeah. um there's that element to it there's the you find out stuff about like you know he had a younger brother at one point and what happens to his younger brother and like on slowly over the course of the show james gunn does what james gunn does which is Take something that seems so stupid, mm-hmm. a raccoon yeah. with a gun. Yeah. And then with, hum- with a tree for a friend. With a tree for a friend, and then humanizes it, humanizes them in such a way that by the end of it, you cannot help but root for them. Yeah. Right? You want Peacemaker to overcome the abuse that he suffered at the hands of his father. You want him to wake up and realize that, like, being raised in an abusive racist household is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many social issues that get touched on in peacemaker it's it's i don't understand how something so stupid is so good yeah no uh, so yeah just to so that he can wig out and i can be eloquent we just keep trading and we get to a point where we're like yeah. fuck it's good yeah. and then the other one takes over so yes there is a tough as nails you know a skinny white blonde woman who like takes no shit and you get to really humanize this character you get to spend time with her you get to know what she's about there is a uh black character who uh, um this uh, the actress is wonderful mm. she played tasty in orange is the new black oh, right. yeah she did yes yeah, she 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 is amazing in this she has a i think uh, she's her last name is Adebayo. Mm. Is that right? So, I thought that was her character name. Uh, yes, her yes, her character name. Yes. That, that's what I meant. Oh, yes. Right. Her character's name is Adebayo, and in the entire show, no one gets it wrong. Mm-hmm. No, no, no one struggles with it. It's not a thing. Right. She's also a queer character. Again, no one makes a big deal of it. Yeah. it it's not really a thing. Um, you, you know, there are gay characters. There, there, there are short characters. There are characters that you feel like we've done nothing but relate to. Like there's an older bearded nerd guy and he gets characterization. Mm-hmm. There is a under five foot 
Asian martial artist character who wears a green dragon costume. Which is like super, like, you look at it and you're like, is that racist? Yeah, and it's like, what is happening here with, with this character? And that character has a lot of heart. And yeah. in the end, you really don't know what to think about him, except judo that you master. like him. He's called the Judo Master. That's his hero name. Yeah. It's it's great. Um, yeah, the, the, the writing in the show, uh, the, the way, that, the characterization in this show. It's absolutely top notch. Mm. Like he said, I cared about every character. There are some characters that are one character in the beginning of the show and a different character because they got taken over by a moth thingy in the second half of the show. Yeah. I liked both characters because the moth thingy you got to know for a little while before it became that character. And now the whole character makes more sense. Mm. It's, it's very, very well written. Everyone's motivations are clear as day. Yeah. Um, you're never confused about what's going on, no matter how fucking weird it gets. I think, honestly, you're bringing it back to a very good point. Peacemaker as a show is only eight episodes. Mm-hmm. And it it's best that way. It is. Like, they take advantage of every single frame, every minute of yep. those eight episodes. I never felt there was a point where the show is dragging. Nope. I never felt like this was a filler episode. It felt like they said, all right, James Gunn, what do you want to do? And he goes, ah, script-wise that I've written so far, this feels like about eight episodes. And they're like, fine, eight episodes, you got it. Yeah, no, and, and that's awesome. You're right. Yeah, I never felt like there weren't, I never felt like there was a conversation that didn't need to be had. Yeah. I never felt like the characters were just explaining things to the audience. They were all talking to each other in real and important ways and not explaining shit that the other person should already know, like happens right. in so much dialogue in movies and shows these days. And I feel like um, it, while the gore and violence can be over the top because that's the nature of what the show is, it's all done in just, I don't know, like I said, maybe this is his trauma roots where he really knows how to use violence and gore in such a way to have the maximum impact or the maximum laugh. Yes. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, because some of the violence is surprising yeah. and visceral, but also very funny. Yeah. And sometimes it's not funny and horrible and there's hardly any blood at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, James Gunn, and you, you're right, it might be trauma. He knows how to make special effects land correctly. Mm-hmm. He knows how to sell stakes no matter how silly the premise is. I mean, you can go all the way back to like Toxic Avenger and other trauma movies. Mm-hmm. Movies that cost, you know, uh, the equivalent of like $80,000 at the time. Right. Um, the equivalent of one month's rent in Austin. Exactly. Just so, but but the movie was about, you know, saving the world from a world-ending threat. Mm-hmm. He he knows how to make that happen without without making it a spectacle. Right. And and that's what the show, another thing that showed Usually the very people well. are the spectacle, really. Yeah, absolutely. And yep. the people really were in this case. There's a there's a character named Eagly, and it's just a pet eagle. Yeah. And, and he has so much personality. And this isn't a talking eagle. where It's not, nope. you know, crazy, like, sci-fi shit. It's just an American bald eagle. Yeah. Yeah. Who is that's very it. good friends with Peacemaker. Yeah. yeah. And every time it. he's on screen, you're just like, I would die for you. Yep. Like, you just feel every single freaking minute that that character's on screen. You really do. Um, And it's a good time to point out that, obviously, if you haven't seen it, and we have been talking some spoilers here, um, go fucking watch Peacemaker. Go watch Peacemaker. That being said. Even if you don't like superhero shows, watch Peacemaker. It's ridiculous enough that you can forget that it's, you know, about all the superhero stuff and just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. It's getting season two, though. Yeah. And I cannot wait. That's how good this is. I can't wait. I think that I, I will say one of my final impressions coming out of Peacemaker was, and, and I'm not a Fast and the Furious guy. I'm it's sorry. Eh, not, um, it's not for everybody. I, I walked away from Peacemaker going, fuck, Cena's got some acting.
acting chops. He really does. Like I was impressed. I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, I like I used to watch a lot of professional wrestling back then. Oh, yeah. But I mean, John Cena's John Cena, and that's not. That's what I think of when I see him on screen. I'm like, yeah, I saw you elbow drop a bunch of people one time. Um, but seeing him in Peacemaker, man, he does have a lot of range, and you could tell yeah. there was a lot of care that you know was put into the character, mm-hmm. and it explores a lot of weird stuff. Like, um, you know, he has like a threesome with another dude. Yeah. And, and it's just like, it's a, it's a casual nonchalant thing. Like, yeah, I call my superhero best friend so we can bang this chick together. Yep. And I'm just like, you've never seen anything like that. Before. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the sex was very free and not like in a lull, we're all getting horny for each other kind of way, but in just like a, is this really happening on TV right now? Yeah. Like that's just, okay. And they don't like show it by the way. They shouldn't no. at the afterwards, but you could tell the conversation was just like, bro, you want to come over and bang this chick with me? Yeah, bro. I got this. Let's do it. Yeah. High five. Let's go. Yep. And it's hilarious in its simplicity of it because it, it never calls attention to the situation. That particular situation, yes. the joke of it almost is how natural it is for this character to do this. Yeah, it was almost like uh, like like everyone needed a release and everyone knew what it was and it was just like, all right, well, let's. I mean, everyone going to be cool? All right, yeah, let's bang. we're good. Yeah. Right, consent's key, man. Yep. Every, and they, they actually talk about that a lot in the show. They're they like, do. yeah, consent's key, man. Very important. You got to have mm-hmm. consent. Take a lot about consent. A lot about um, one of the characters, um, uh, Adebayo specifically, ha- her, her uh, wife uh, is very upset that she took such a dangerous job. And yeah. there are a lot of moments in the show that are just about their relationship yeah. and trust and, like, and it's one of the most partnership. Hu- it's one of the most human relationships I've seen on TV. Absolutely. You know, it's just them talking about, you know, like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this you know how much how dangerous it is mm-hmm. like you want to start a family with me don't you and it's like yes but also you, money right and like you know reality and, and yeah. this is a job i can get yeah and it's just like you feel all of those moments mm-hmm. i think oh and absolutely uh I, th- there's one of my favorite moments uh as far as humanity goes is uh there's a character who's trying to on a little tablet Give us power. Uh, give a PowerPoint presentation and just like swiping through pictures, trying to explain what they're doing and where they're going, and accidentally scrolls into a genital picture um, that they just happen to have in their, you know, in their photos collection that just ended up in this slideshow because uh, their partner sent him to, to sent it to him the night before, mm. and just the look on everybody's face, like. Nobody freaked out. Everyone just kind of cracked a smile and turned their head. And she looks at it. She goes, oh, my God, I'm technically at work right now. I am so sorry, everyone. That should not be in there. It's just it was great. It's It's, it's just one of those human moments. And that's what James Gunn does so well Mm -hmm. is despite the fantastical things that he shows us in all the movies that he produces, he always tries to tell a very human story. He gets to the mm-hmm. core of the human experience in a way that I don't think that a, because he makes such over the top films and a lot of it being superhero genre, I don't think that he gets the credit that he should as a writer because he his stories have more heart than a lot of books that I've read. Oh, absolutely. I care more about the characters that he writes about. And and I say this because going into something like Guardians of the Galaxy I kind of have a bias where I'm like, yeah, I'm a Marvel fan. I'm probably going to love it because it's Marvel. Like, I was a Marvel kid growing up. Yeah, I didn't fucking care about the Guardians of the Galaxy growing up. But you know what? I'm going to watch it. It's going to be good. Yeah. Whereas Peacemaker is a show. I didn't give a fuck about that character. No. I, I was. We all thought, okay, just so, like, it's not even a spoiler. We all thought he died at the end of the of, of Suicide, Suicide Squad, yeah. of James Gunn's Suicide Squad. It super looked like he died. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to the core of the show... And the core of the show isn't really 
the core of Peacemaker is not about the big world ending thing. It's about the characters coming out the other side of this mm-hmm. and who they are when they come out the other side. Yeah. That's the bigger journey that you're really following. It doesn't matter. That's the reason why James Gunn can do things like in Suicide Squad, make the um, the bad guy a giant starfish. Because mm-hmm. you don't really give a shit about the giant starfish. What you care about is the fact that one of your characters has a fear of rats. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the movie, he is now holding this this gorgeous rat in his hand mm-hmm. and they are now friends. Yeah. His story progression as stupid as it sounds. You are more invested in than what that world ending terror is. Yep. And I mean, if that's not fucking good writing, then I obviously don't know art. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's wonderful stuff. Um, yeah. James Gunn is a fantastic writer and I hope, I hope he keeps making things. Right. Show was great. Movie was great. I can't wait for guardians three. Um, I can't wait for more Peacemaker. I can't wait for more Peacemaker. I will. I want him to do another Suicide Squad like immediately. Yeah. I think he has a lot of work coming out for him. I hope so. <laughs> Pay that man a lot of money. Give him all the Please. money. Give him all. And of you know the what money. the thing is, is that James Gunn has a James Gunn type. Yes, you he can, does. You can look at the the. And they are not the same, but you could look at Guardians of the Galaxy. You could look at like. Suicide Squad or Peacemaker and be like, yeah, I get this. He does really good. It's, it's he does ensemble it's, cast. It's what Joss Whedon did. Yes, and we don't mm-hmm. like Joss Whedon anymore. No, no. So at least we have a new Joss Whedon. So what I'm saying is, if we reboot Firefly, James Gunn, that's your man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh man, imagine how many dick jokes there'd be in Firefly. <laughs> oh god, it'd be so many dick jokes. It'd just be like dicks like flying at everywhere. You, probably, the ship shaped like dicks. Yeah, um, like in, in, probably a vagina planet. Right, you know, it, it, it just flies right happen. into it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I, and you know what? Yeah. I'm here for it. Oh yeah, no, it's fun. So, final thoughts on Peacemaker? Just as you as you close your eyes for a minute, take it all in. Remember the silliness, the the how serious it gets, like. What are your thoughts about this show? Because it, it goes so all over the place. This is a show about a mercenary that nobody cared about. Um, that, uh, that, for all intents and purposes, was an adversary in the movie that we watched him in. Mm. This show, through the most amazing sense of emotional weight every scene carried based on how they made it. It wasn't just because of the subject matter. It was because of the way the show was made emotionally made me care about him care about everything else care every other character in the show care about the family and just ride this wave of emotion peaks and valleys constantly again i was never bored i never felt like there was any filler every second on screen was a moment that had my attention with this show um i'm not saying it's the best show that I, i ever made but it was very very fun it was fun the entire time, even when it was sad, even it would make when it made me want to cry. It was still fun. It was still making me feel things and making me it, God, it made me love feel the so characters. Um, it's masterful. It, it's really it's a story well told. Uh, maybe it, not a maybe a simple story. Maybe even a stupid story. Mm-hmm. Very very well told to the point where it's pure entertainment and yeah. also has a little bit to say about. Um, what we should expect from our superheroes. It's true. You know, there's one scene, and this will be the last thing I say, where uh, early in the show, where they expect Peacemaker to go in and start pulling triggers. And when he gets there and he sees the situation, he basically refuses. He just says, no, man, that's fucked up. And they're like, wait, aren't you the guy who just kills people? He says, yes, for peace. I kill people for peace. I don't do what you're asking me to do. This isn't my thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You think I'm just a murderer. And I, I, I loved that. 
Yeah. And it, again, but always making you think about the situation and maybe what, maybe not even just what we expect from superheroes, maybe just what we expect from people just based on who they are when we look at them. It's true. Um, yeah, it's one of those shows that um, the entire premise kind of revolves around the person you see in front of you, no matter how bombastic he might be. Um, you don't know his story. You don't know the things that led him to the point that he was at. You don't know the things that made him the person that he is. Mm -hmm. And that's something, a lesson that you can kind of take away from the show and apply to real life, you know, to, to anybody that you interact with. You don't understand the things that they've been through. Yeah. It's a show that makes you think. It's a show that makes you laugh. A lot. It's a show that can be highly intellectual and then in the next minute have dicks everywhere. Mm-hmm. And for some reason it works. And that's the magic of James Gunn. Yeah. He can just do those things. And I I could only aspire to be one fifth of the writer James Gunn is because when I walk away from a James Gunn story, um, and specifically when it came to Peacemaker, Peacemaker was a show that I got to the very end of it. And it was a show that stayed with me after the final credits rolled. Mm -hmm. I found myself thinking about it and going, man, if I want to go back and rewatch that so soon, like kind of, I had, yeah. I had so much fun with it. Like, I just want to go back and re-experience this whole thing. And then I got the new, you know, the news came out that it was going to be against season two. And I was like, man, thank God for that. Because yeah. that was too good. Yeah. You too know? good to go away, man. It was too good to go away that soon. And then, and I feel like because they gave him the option of doing things like an eight episode format, it's not a show they're going to try and drag into the ground. They're going to let him tell the story. I don't think James Gunn is going to make any more Peacemaker story unless James Gunn knows that he has Peacemaker story to tell. Yep. And that's so important. And also, it's hilarious that he got the cam cameos that he did at the end. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, Aquaman, <laughs> Aquaman fucks fish. Aquaman fucks, fucks fish. fish. Just one of the many tasteful um, highbrow jokes you you, 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 you have in store you, for you. you uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that guy fucks fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> That is everything that we have to say about Peacemaker and everything that we have for the show this week. If you haven't seen it, seriously, we didn't spoil a whole lot, even though we call this a spoiler cast. Go please watch Peacemaker. Mm -hmm. It's just so good. It's wonderful. Um, that's everything that we have to talk about. Don't forget that you can head over to patreon.com slash gnggcast to become a patron of our show. You can head over to facebook.com slash gnggcast where you can chat with us. Um, as well as I'm on at gnggcast on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter probably an unhealthy amount. Um, so yeah, if you ever want to come on and just talk about something random, hop on to again at GNGG, GNGG cast on Twitter. And until next time for Hector, this is James. And for James, this is Hector. Everyone. Good night. And good game. <laughs>